Hello, everybody. How are you? Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah? How was your Christmas? You don't need to answer that, but um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, you're with me, Scott. Uh, welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you uh, received some cool gifts. I hope you gave out some good gifts. I hope you received better gifts than you gave. Um, adding a net benefit to Christmas. Um, but otherwise, it was a season of giving and and family and all that sort of bullshit. And uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, I know it's been a really, really crazy year for a lot of people. I know some of you guys might have had a really, really shithouse Christmas out there uh, by yourselves, locked up, not being able to see people, trying to eat turkey via Zoom. It doesn't work out that well. I myself have been eating turkey uh, pretty much since the Tuesday before Christmas. I had some friends around um, for our little annual catch-up and I cooked turkey. The next day was turkey leftovers. Then there was Christmas Eve, a big party with turkey. Uh, and then Christmas Day with turkey. And then the day after with turkey leftovers. So a little over it. Um, happy not to think about that bird for the next at least 11 and a half months. Fuck that bird, you know. Like, if turkey was any good, we would eat it year-round, let's let's face it. But um, unless you're getting it as a deli meat on your sandwiches, no one gives a shit. No one's going to put that fucking effort into that because it's a bit of hard work. But anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you saw some family if you could. I mean, like, to be honest, guys, here, here in Perth, we've had, like, literally no real impedance from this coronavirus thing. We maybe had a month of shithouse lockdown. Um, everybody moved to online work and all that sort of stuff. But then, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks, it was all back to normal. So it was fine here. And uh, I know you guys might have had a shit Christmas. But, uh, you know, things are on the up and up. Because let's face it, if you had a shit Christmas and you didn't have to go see family, you probably dodged a couple of bullets. Because... Uh, my my tactic for for dealing with with, with Christmas is um, you know I've been doing it long enough to to know the problematic members of family to avoid over Christmas um, and the ones to actually connect with and and if you're good at doing that little ballet there then it's fine um, like let's face it guys family can be fucking passive aggressive they can be fucking outright obnoxious. Um, who knows? It's it's different with every family. Me myself, I've got a fucking uncle who's uh every fucking year he he'll he'll talk to me about some bullshit band that he used to like back in the sixties or some shit. And if I haven't heard of him, he'll give me the passive aggressive what kind of fucking musician are you? Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, this guy's a fucking dropkick himself. And uh, I just can't take it anymore. So I decided this year that I was going to wish him a, a Merry Christmas at the party and then just not talk to him anymore because he's out as far as I'm concerned. Unless he can get his shit together and, and do an actual conversation that's not just trying to belittle me. Um, I don't have any time for him anymore. And I'm sure you have family members like that, guys. Family uh, can be super passive aggressive. They can give you all these backhanded compliments. Um... Some people just project their own fucking failures on you. Uh, you just go get over it, guys, and just enjoy yourself um, and see those people that really, really matter and connect with them, you know. One of my highlights of Christmas is um, having a dance with my nan on Christmas Eve. She has a big party. And it didn't happen this year. I was fucking annoyed. 
But normally every every Christmas Eve, I get to have a little bit of a dance with my um seventy plus something. I don't really know her age, but whatever. She's a really old woman. You know, we we party on down every Christmas Eve, and that's the highlight for me. And it didn't happen this year. I was a little bit disappointed, but also I didn't nearly punch my uncle in the mouth. So you know, you take the good with the bad. And uh, yeah, it's all good. it's all good. Um, over this podcast, guys, I, uh, you know, we might want to uh, check in and do a little bit of a review over what kind of great music came out over this year. Um, some of the musical highlights uh, over 2020, there was a lot of them. Maybe not that many for you. I don't know. I don't know what music you're into. Um, I, I reached out on Twitter and asked you guys what your favorite albums were for the year and uh, didn't really get much of a response because no one follows me on Twitter. Um, you should You should fix that. Uh, at Jan Room Podcast, you know, check it out. Um, but I thought we would uh, sort of start this episode with um, a little bit of a conversation with um, old mate Curtis. You know, my friend Curtis, he's been on the podcast before, um, and we'll try and do a little bit of a, a bit of a chat about what was good, what was bad about the year, and uh, and what's been going on over in Melbourne and everything like that. Um, yeah, so let's give him a little call here, shall we? Hold on. Let's call Curtis. Bastard. Better be home. Scott, what's going on, man? Yo, man, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, no shit. I haven't spoken to you since Christmas. How was how was yours, man? Merry ah, Christmas as well. It was... It was a Christmas, man. Just the the usual marathon bullshit, as it always is, man. How was yours? Yeah, mine was pretty good, man. Just uh, like I went around to a mate's place, actually, like a mate from work. I've known him for years, though. Yeah. Yeah, considering I couldn't make it back to the family this year, he was kind enough to invite me around to his family thing. So. Oh, that's nice of him, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's fucking... Yeah, it's weird spending Christmas alone, hey? Have you ever done that? Um, probably. I don't know, man. I can't really remember, to be honest, but I would say I probably have done it at some point. I mean, I've spent a Christmas without family, like when I was over um, on the mountain in, in Canada. But it, Yeah, I've had a few of those. It's still like friends rallied together. We all gave gifts. It was still a fucking Christmas celebration and all that sort of bullshit, you know? It's still fun. It's probably yeah, one of the better yeah. Christmases, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's it. You don't have to deal with all the bullshit of, you know, seeing family members that you pretty much only speak to on Christmas. But Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. Did, you, um, did you get some cool gifts from your family, regardless of them being in Melbourne or not? Uh, no. <laughs> the only gift I actually did get was my mum was just like, oh, I just paid your car, Reggio, for a year. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Dude, that's fucking a lot better than I got. My mum fucking... Dude, it is actually a pretty good gift because my car edge for a year is like 400 bucks, so... Dude, that's, that's, that's sick. And it actually requires some thought. It's like, oh, this is something that uh, he needs and would probably forget about, so at, at least take care of it for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. My, my yeah, mum fucking um, gave each... Like me, my brother, and my sister, and our partners, just a gift each. And you know how they say, like, it's the thought that counts? 
Yeah. Literally yeah. zero thought in this gift. Each one of us, <laughs> each one, each couple got a tea towel with a hundred dollars cash. And even when like what? even when she was handing out gifts, she's like, "Oh, it doesn't matter which one you take because they're all the same." <laughs> <laughs> like zero thought. That's a fucking tea towel at a hundred bucks. She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you guys can go out for a meal." I'm like, "A hundred bucks won't cover the meal, mum. I'm I'm sorry. This is, you know." She starts explaining yeah. to me what I can buy with cash. She's like, "I understand what things I can buy with cash." You don't have to tell me. <laughs> Everything you can buy with yeah. cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you can go for a meal. You can get some drinks. It's like, I understand how cash works, mom. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. The most like sort of cop-out gift ever. Uh, it, just uh, and she knew it was a cop-out. And, and my dad didn't even fucking know about that. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for the teeth. I was like, oh, what'd you get? What'd your mom give you? <laughs> like, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> No doubt it says like from the both of them or whatever on the tag. Uh, No, no, no. The tag would have required thought, Curtis. There was no tag. Like I said, she she had like three gifts for each of the couples. She was like, just grab each one. They're all the same. It doesn't matter. She didn't fucking personalize anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, fuck it. All her kids are all grown up now. I guess she only really has to put effort into the uh, the grandkids now. Yeah, and that was one of the things that, that was like the worst part of the whole Christmas is because like, you know, mum made the executive decision many, many years ago that there's no gift giving for the adults. So it's not like she gives shit gifts. She's restricted everybody else from giving gifts, right? So even if okay. I wanted to, I'm not allowed to. Even though I do anyway, and and fucking put a lot more thought in than she did, but then we all just have to sit around and watch fucking uh, my little nephew open up probably three hundred gifts, and he doesn't give a shit. He's three years old. He's just unwrapping them, throwing it away. Next one, unwrapping, throwing away. Yeah. It took up about fucking an hour and a half of the day, just watching yeah, this kid be spoiled exactly. rotten. It was yeah, it was disgusting, really. What I found hilarious was, um, like I was telling you before, I was at my mate's place for his family Christmas thing, yeah. and they have uh, they have quite a few kids. They've got like five kids under the age of five, right? Oh, so shit. prime time for them, you know, enjoying Christmas, opening gifts and everything. They mm-hmm. had so many presents. I watched them like unwrap quite a lot of them, and some of them were really, really expensive. Yet the gifts that they used the most. It was just a simple, good old whoopee cushion. They fucking loved it. Classic. They're running around for hours, like, getting everyone to stand up and trying to sneakily, like, slip it under their ass huh? before huh? they sit huh? You know what? That's a fucking, having... that's a great gift <laughs> idea for next year for my nephew. Oh, mate. They loved Endless it, fun. dude. <laughs> and like and there and there's like all these other expensive gifts like just inside just being completely ignored stashed away in the corner meanwhile they're running around for like hours with these whoopee cushions just loving it and you know they must cost like less than two bucks you know definitely i think you can get them free in a christmas cracker yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know what someone needs to fucking revamp christmas crackers and at least like have like adult Christmas crackers that have like fucking some risque jokes in them instead, some racist jokes, some something that adults, you know, <laughs> no one wants to hear well, these fucking joke. Santa puns. You know, it's they're, they're horrific. Yeah, and the actual little toys inside them these days are kind of ridiculous as well. Now, like I opened a Christmas cracker and there was just 
and there was a tiny little mirror in it. I'm like, what the fuck? This isn't a toy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. This? Yeah. And I've never seen anybody play like a game of cards with those miniature cards that they put in there sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't shuffle them. They're made of paper. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. But just anyway. bring just bring back the tacky, cheap little toys that at least you can get a laugh out of for a minute and then ditch it, you know? Like I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. add practicality to things. Yeah, when we um we did that little um Christmas get together with um with Liam and um some other mates or whatever um just before Christmas and um the wife had bought some Christmas crackers, but every single toy in the Christmas crackers uh, were the same toy. It was a little pullback car, but then the Christmas cracker set came with a little racetrack. So it was like a little competition sort of thing. I was like, that that's kind of at least a little better. Well, we can always yeah, like, no, shoot these little cars and try and race them for about five minutes and then throw them away. That five minutes is like infinitely longer than the enjoyment you get out of the regular Christmas crackers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually a pretty good idea, man. Because at least you can, like, you know, the older people in the family can chuck down a bit of a bet and you can just, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's also one thing that Christmas is fucking missing is gambling. Well, that was actually thriving at the Christmas party I went to. It was pretty cool. What, everyone's just degenerate trying to put some money on something. It's like, oh, who's going to pass out first? I got five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well no we were playing like actual structured games but um yeah they got the family around the table and we we're playing certain card games and shit like that and but everyone was using real money to bet on it oh yeah, yeah. just fucking like one and two dollar coins and stuff like that but yeah no one dropped a g-note <laughs> yeah yeah no but uh i did i was actually doing ridiculously well i ended up like doubling my twenty dollars in like an hour <laughs> wait, wait you're not family you're invited as a friend and you end up just fucking taking everybody's money and leaving dude yeah i was owning it well i had to actually borrow 20 bucks from the guy because i didn't have any it wasn't even your own money <laughs> but that but that's the thing like i ended up winning like 40 bucks and i just gave him all the coins back i'm like dude fuck it i don't care like, here, just have all these coins. I don't even want these coins. I've got a big stash of coins in my closet right now because I never use them. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Oh, I guess that counts as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, man, fucking, you're on the podcast. Hey. Hey, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, by the way, to, to the listener, last time Curtis was on the podcast, he didn't really know he was on it. And he was pretty upset that he kept on belching throughout the whole thing. I thought it was funny, but uh, <laughs> he made a comment <laughs> that like I should at least tell everybody. I was like, nah. You know, yeah, it is, nah, it, it is what it is, man. It's what it is. But um, yeah, no, I guess you know, not being aware that I was actually being recorded kind of made for a more genuine sort of conversation i guess but there was a few embarrassing things i said but yeah (laughs) whatever whatever yeah that's when we're talking about chugaboom hey so how did the rest of that album pan out uh well i've only sort of listened to songs here and there i haven't actually sat down and listened to it start to finish but um because, you know, I've been getting the notifications like, oh, this song came out today, this song. And I'm like, oh, I don't have the time right now. So I'll catch up on it at some point. But the, the songs that I have listened to, I've 
I've enjoyed, man. Like, they're all fun, you know? Yeah, and since, since that and last all... night, I haven't really talked on the podcast about it, but, like, since that, that, that podcast where I was... um maybe considered a bit of a bit of a hater but really i was just confused i didn't really get it but um i had a, I had a lot of fun with whatever they brought out again i didn't listen to all of them but you know fucking yeah. cool energy man these guys are cool they hit us up on twitter they they obviously listened to the fucking the podcast and had mixed feelings about it or whatever but you know we're being yeah, honest yeah. here we're being honest here yeah well that's it i mean we probably should have given it a bit more time before reviewing it, you know, but... Oh, I should have listened to more than, like, two tracks. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, they seem like really cool dudes. And, um, you know, seeing that they actually listened to the episode and replying to the tweets and stuff, that was actually really cool. And I didn't really know how to feel about that at first because, you know, obviously I was just a, a bit of a drunk idiot saying some random shit and didn't even know I was being recorded. But It is what so, it is, man. Who cares? It's what it is. And it, I think it worked out. Yeah. I think it actually made for a good podcast. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a fun. But anyway, uh, the reason I wanted to get you on today is I wanted to fucking talk about the highlights of music from 2020, man. So let's have it. Let's open up this can of worms. What was good about 2020? What were the big fucking right. musical moments for you, man? Like, well, like, well, like, 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 let's narrow, narrow it down a little bit. Let's start with albums, all right? So, what was, what was your your number one album for twenty twenty? Well, hands down, um, you know, some people might think this is biased, but because Deftones are my favorite band and have been for quite a long time, at least since my well, that's a no brainer, man. If your favorite band of all time releases an album, <laughs> it's gonna fucking get up there, man, and it's a good fucking album. Well, that's it, yeah. So I got to put Deftones owns as my number one. Album and, and you know what, man? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to the table here and 100 percent agree with you. It is yeah. the best album of the year. I know I fucking tweeted out that it was um the Putzifer album, but not as an album, man. There was like my favorite song from the year comes from the Putzifer album, but as far as an album goes, Ohms is way more entertaining start to finish. Oh, that's that's actually surprising, man. Because I thought you were really sold on uh, on Pussifer. I, The reason yeah. I was sold on Pussifer, it, it's it's because I, I was I was not separating the album just auditory from the live show playing the album start to finish at Arcasanti or whatever. And so that yeah. live show kind of I was caught up in the hype of that. I was like fuck this, this whole thing was magical start to finish. But the live show was magical start to finish. The actual album itself. Dude, I was not sold straight away. Um, it took to like maybe the fourth or fifth song in the album to really even catch me. And nowadays, listen back to it, there's like two or three songs from the album that I re-listen to. The rest, I could care less about, you know? But yeah. Ohm's album, yeah. the, the, like, the, the, there's nothing as standout-ish as there was in Putzova, but the whole album itself is just fucking fire. Yeah, it plays kind of like a... Like a movie, really. It tells a story, sort of, from start to finish. I mean, not technically, literally telling a story, but the vibe of it, the feel of it kind of progresses yeah. you through. And, and there are some monster moments in there as well, man. And I know on the yeah, podcast definitely. before, I've, I've mentioned those those highlight songs, and they grow on you, man. Like, they're, they're even uh, better. They're even better over be. time. You know, they're like a good wine. It's wicked. Fucking yes! Yeah, yeah, so I'm coming. I'm coming on board, and I'm, I'm going to say this. So, and I've got Curtis to back me up. 
Ohms by Deftone was the greatest album. Deftones was the greatest album of 2020. We can yeah. agree on that. Yep. I agree, personally. Obviously, this is uh, subjective territory here, but... Um, All music is subjective be. territory, man. Of yeah. course, of course. But um, but what were some other things? Let, let, let's go like with the B-roll. What's um, some of the things that were like good, surprising, um, a little different, something that made you go, hmm, or whatever? Like, were there any big standout musical moments over the year for you? Um... Well, see, the weird thing is, this year has been pretty quiet for most of the artists that I follow personally and ones that I'm fans of. So it wasn't really a huge year for me musically, but... Um, well, well, let's get into that. What, what bands are you talking about, man? Like, um, for, for the listener, Curtis and I have different tastes in music, but we definitely agree on a lot, but we definitely divert on a lot. So... There's a whole bunch of stuff that Curtis, and when he mentions those bands, it's it's his bands that he knows that I don't really like. So what are they, Curtis? Let everyone know. It's <laughs> <laughs> just something to just throw out bands that I know you don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, I don't know, man. But when it actually comes down to the rundown, I mean, I guess. Oh, I don't really listen to pop. There was a lot of pop albums that came out this year. Fucking, that's not really my thing, though. It, it, um, it isn't. It isn't. But we had a little conversation about the weekend the other day. Yes, I actually, yeah, Blinding Lights uh, came out from the weekends. Well, that was his single from his latest album this year. Yeah, so, and so I you actually you, really fucking dig that. Yeah, so you you were thinking that it, it's one of those songs that is um. Like, sounds like it's a cover song because it feels familiar, even though it's brand Dude, new, right? like, literally the first time I heard it, towards, oh, I don't know, it wasn't when it first came out. Um, I don't even know when it actually came out technically, but I heard it about halfway through the year, probably around June or something, and I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. This is a cover. Like, this is, you know, a nice modern version of a very familiar 80s song. Like, I sort of felt like I instantly recognized it. Mm. And it was only until recently I was reading something, just an internet article, and I was talking about this song, and I'm like, when are they going to mention that it's a cover here? And I'm, like, reading into it, and I had to do my own research, and it's like, no, it's not actually a cover. Yeah, I, I, I've thought I've thought of that with many bands, at, like in in the past. Fucking like uh, when London Grammar was getting famous with that song um, "Strong." When I heard it, I was like, "There is yeah, no yeah. way this is a new song." It is like capturing a whole bunch of stuff from days gone by. There's no way this is this is original, but 100 percent it is. And he's kind yeah. of doing the same thing, and it, we're getting that fucking like 30 year feedback loop again where they're bringing these old dance elements and disco elements um, into like this new genre, which is kind of like a, a a nostalgic pop, I would call it. Something like that, you know? Oh, massively, man. And like, see, that's what I kind of loved about it. When I when I first heard it and I, you know, assumed it was a cover, I'm like, this is still fantastic, though, because it's still got all those 80 synth sounds, which are like hardcore as well, like, awesome synth in that song mm -hmm. but just paired with that like modern like heavy bass lines will like the bass you know beats and stuff like it's yeah. yeah just like a perfect modern take on that 
definitely 80s vibe, you know, the 80s dance synth vibe, you know, so... And, and I know, I know, I kind of went off a little bit about the weekend, and like, that was literally just because like, I I, rev- I listened to his album or whatever. And to be honest, that that, that song, um, what is it, Blinding Lights or whatever? Yeah, Blinding um, Lights. Yeah. I I just heard overplayed. Like uh, uh, for the listener, we have a radio station here in Australia called Triple J, which is supposed to be the sound alternative, which is supposed to be like all like the underground sort of music being played on this station, but it's become completely fucking pop. And it was so overplayed on that radio station that I instantly disliked it. <laughs> Just because every fucking day, man, every fucking day, like I would, you know, get in the car. And if I'm going for a short journey, I'm not going to tee up my own playlist or a podcast or something like that. So I'll just chuck on Triple J when I'm going five minutes down the road. And literally every third time I was doing that, that fucking song was on. And so I, I just grew to hate it. Yeah, that's fair. Things can See, get overplayed. Like, when I'm at work, I put on Triple J, and I don't think I really heard it that much. I mean, I heard dude, it a lot. Dude, I'm, I'm cursed with timing of radio stations. Literally, um, every time I get in into my wife's car and we go for a drive somewhere, um, her radio station, even though she will listen to Triple J or whatever, it just resets to like the mix 94.5 or whatever, just some normal pop radio station. Every fucking time I'm in that car, a Phil Collins song's played. <laughs> Every time. It's insane. It, it, it literally blows my... It, it's great, but it blows my fucking mind. It's like, how is this yeah, the case? Yeah. I'm listening to Invisible Touch again? This was on yesterday at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the NPCs, mate, messing with you. Yeah, no shit, man. We're all in the Truman Show here. Yeah, that's it. Just like uh, Stephen Carpenter said in his... Uh, yeah, that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like every time I back out of my driveway, I just know there's going to be a car coming past. So I just automatically wait and a car goes past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's too many of those fucking scenarios to um, just blame it on some weird paranoia because like what what's the difference between paranoia and actual data yeah you know if it happens to you every single day and you're like well this is gonna happen it's like oh you're just paranoid it's like or i'm intelligent and i'm picking up on the pattern yeah yeah well that's it yeah but as far as musical moments go uh it feels weird because it was before the pandemic we're kind of trying to think about everything that came over we kind of categorize 2020 as coronavirus but there was a small fucking window at the start of the year that wasn't coronavirus and tool came came. Hmm. well that's it yeah well that goes down as my number one show of the year yeah 100 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% probably the only big show of the year but also so um it was uh, it was Valentine's Day in Perth was uh, with Tool, and then a couple of days later they were over in Melbourne. You caught the Melbourne show, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Rod Laver was amazing, insane, insane. And so uh, I haven't talked about it at all on the podcast. But if you got a chance to see Tool on this new tour, fucking, you are lucky because it was the greatest live show I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen a bunch. Um, as far as the lighting goes, the whole spectacle of it, the sound quality of it, everything was just fucking amazing. Everybody was tired as fuck. I walked out of there wanting to book a flight to Melbourne to go see him again. It was phenomenal, yeah. 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 
with the um with that big like uh chainmail mesh sort of screen around the band. It's not a screen, but a big curtain sort of around the band. And so you get this like three D like something's being projected into the curtain, but it's bleeding through to the background. So it feels like it's all part of it. And if they light it right, it becomes yeah. transparent, but then they could put things on it. So it looks like the whole fucking, the whole side of that arena was alive, right? Yeah, that was a mind trip, man. That was actually so genius, really. Having like a, a semi-transparent, like was it chain mail? It looked like chain mail. It looked like a heavy metal curtain. It looked yeah, like it was made out of like, chain mail. It could project images, but also like subtly lit up the band behind it in a certain way. It was super that, intelligent like, lighting. It made them pop out. And yeah, it was super eye-catching. Yeah. But and I, also, it, it wasn't there the whole time. It was just kind hmm. of like for the first maybe three or four songs. I think but, it was um, there the whole time, but it was just lit differently. And I think when, when they did the, the lighting from behind it became almost completely transparent. So you didn't notice that it was there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. Dude, I was high as a fucking kite. So I don't yeah, know. I, like, I, like I, I, had a, I had a chain mail screen of my own eyes as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it, it will, in Melbourne, I'm, I'm pretty sure I actually remember it peeling back and sort of just exposing the whole band after like three or four, four songs. Yeah, but what a fucking show, man! Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, do you do you remember who was um, supporting them? Uh, no, I was actually just at the <laughs> bar. And I, only, nope. I only went in. I only went in <laughs> just before Tool started playing, so I wanted to just. Oh, me me too, me too. I was stocking up on drinks and I literally walked into the stadium as um, the opening track from the new album started, which I don't remember the name of. But anyway, it's, yeah, so I, I missed all of the opening acts or anything like that. Fuck them, you know. It, like, good, good on you if you got to support Tool, but no one's there for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tool fans are just there to see Tool, but they don't give a fuck about anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Like where where I was in the in the stadium, like, I was next to like a dad who had brought like his son with him. He's like a fourteen year old kid just sitting down the whole time with his arms folded, not understanding it. And it's like, yeah, you don't understand Tool at fourteen years old. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Like there, there's a whole bunch about music that like you, you can't understand unless you've had your your heart broken or everything taken from you or you, you've been broken on the streets or taken drugs or, or whatever. There's certain maturity that comes with being able to understand Tool and this 14-year-old kids just looking at everybody like, who the fuck are these off their chops cunts? Um, but we had a way better time than he did, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I don't think you need to go through those particular type of experiences because like Maynard doesn't really sing about personal issues i know i know but i'm talking about all like for instance you can't you wouldn't really understand like pink floyd unless you've um lost a friend yeah take take some drugs right right? (laughs) and uh, i didn't get gain a good understanding of tool until i started getting high yeah and and, and, and i'm not saying that that's the barrier to entry or anything like that it's just maybe a certain level of introspection is required in life and so maybe yeah. that's through drugs, maybe that's just through experience or whatever, but there's still a level of introspection in order for you to actually 
appreciate what the fuck's going on there, you know? Yeah. Just like the, the life experience when it comes down to like having knowledge and just, just having those certain discussions in your friend groups about certain things like, you know, philosophy and religion and just having those deep thoughts. Yeah, that's kind of like the theme of what Maynard generally sings about with yeah. tools. And, and, and it's I also mean, it's also the thing that separates a tool fan from a fan of any other sort of music, which is obnoxious as shit. You know what I mean? How mm-hmm. they like they think because they understand tool and they, they, they well, let's face it, they're just pretending to understand tool because everybody, no one really knows. No one really yeah, knows. We all kind of are. Really. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're exactly right now. <laughs> we're doing the exact same thing. But um, yeah, yeah. but I hate this uh, sort of pedestaling of tool as far as intelligentsia goes. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, yeah. like the tool fans think they're smarter than everybody yeah. else. Yeah, like fuck, fuck you. You're not. You're just enjoying music like everybody else. This music might require something to really understand it or really enjoy it. That's fine. That doesn't make it better music. That just makes it better for you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and music's better when it's personal like that, anyway. You know. Yeah, exactly. It like, um, like you and I have been friends for like twenty five years or something, and yeah, we've gone through a hell of a lot the same together, and a hell of a lot different. And it's um, we we both agree on some things with music. We don't agree on on other things. Chug a boom, right? <laughs> There's certain things that we we, we don't see well, eye to eye on, and, and and that's the beauty of music is that it is personal. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, and so there were some great moments, and I'm guessing there'd be some great moments for most people out there that would have nothing to do with ours. Like for the majority of people out there, saying that Deftones was the greatest album, um, maybe the, the the best live show, especially for us here in Australia, um, was Tool. Because hands down, and I didn't see any other big live shows, but I like um like maybe two or three weeks after Tool were here in Perth. Uh, Queen were here as well with Adam Levine or Levine or however the fuck you say it. Um, that guy from American Idol or yeah. whatever. Um, and yeah, everyone's right. saying how, how, how crazy that show was. It was awesome, blah, 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 blah. The few people that I've heard from that were at both shows say Tool were better, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, can't blame him. Yeah, of course, of course. So, the, 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 but apart from those two big shows, we didn't really have much this year. Well, no, I mean, touring was shut down. Really, everything yeah. else was shut down, and so the closest thing to a live show we got was then Pussifer, and it seems a bit weird. Like I, I hate being a Pussifer fan, and the fact that and and you know having to address the idea that, that it's Maynard from Tool, and I'm just a fan because it's Maynard from Tool. It's not the band I like more than actually what he does vocally even though I love what he does vocally. But, you know, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to compare apples with apples here. But, um, but I, if you were to count that Arcasanti live stream as a live show, I'd have to put that at a very fucking close second. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely, oh, man. And, and I, I know I gave you my password to log in and watch it, but you never bothered. I was actually planning on it, but I just got so fucking drunk on the saturday night i was planning to watch it on the sunday that was the last day yeah. but i was so drunk on the saturday night and then the sunday i just did my ritual of getting baked and completely forgot about it and then on monday morning i remembered i was like shit but then they extended but, yeah. it for another week and you either way it was worth no, they seeing <laughs> <laughs> they did 
They extended it for a week. Mm. Why didn't you tell me then? Because I thought you it was like, funny. Oh, I thought it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was funny that you had just <laughs> that you had just slept through it. <laughs> if you told me they extended it, I definitely would have watched it. But also, it it like it did its best of capturing something different to a live show, which was everything other than being there live. Which meant it like it it tried to capture some atmosphere of of um people playing on stage and the lighting was cool and stuff like that. But that's not the same as seeing something live, you know? Something live has like that fucking ethereal energy in the air, you know? And yeah. That, and and that wasn't there. Like, maybe if I had listened to it and watched it with a massive ass fucking three meter screen with some incredible surround sound or something like that, it might have replicated an actual live show, but I still doubt it then, you know? And maybe if you had a bunch of fans watching it with you as well yeah. on that big three-meter screen with your surround sound, you know, because it's it's also the vibe of having other people around you also appreciate Yeah, 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 yeah. And all walking out of there afterwards going like, holy shit. Oh, what was yeah, your favorite part? What, what, what the fuck was that? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so we can, we can, we can agree on a couple of things. We can agree that Deftones did the best album this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's my opinion, man. I um, I would put I would put as a close uh, as a as a second, just because there was some standout songs. Um, the Pussifer album. Um, but then very close behind that was actually the fucking CYK album or CYR album. CYR, I think it is. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins album, man. You had a chance to listen to that one yet? No, I haven't. Chuck it on, man. It's, um, it's it's a fucking fun as album, really fun album. That would definitely be up in my top five from this year for sure. And I'm not going to go through the whole top five because I haven't decided on them. But I would put that up there. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how that one slipped under my radar to be honest. Because I used to, I mean, I'm not a huge Pumpkins fan anymore, but I used to, you know, love their shit. So and, I thought and, I would have at least that that, that album does exactly what we were talking about earlier with um vibes like the weekend and stuff like that. How they're they're bringing this nostalgia loop back because that album is yeah. not like Smashing Pumpkins as you knew them. Like it's not a a grungy kind of um, distorted guitar, wicked riff sort of album. It's a very eighties synthy sort of album. It's got all those nostalgic elements in it. It's it's pulling them together. And then you got um, Billy Corgan's voice on it, and that's just refreshing. That's the part that ties it to Smashing Pumpkins. Is you hear his voice and you're like, holy shit, this is Smashing Pumpkins. Otherwise, you wouldn't know, really. Yeah, right. Interesting. It's a decent. But album. I mean, a lot of their stuff kind of has sort of mashed genres. I mean, it's actually kind of rare to listen to a lot of their sort of more punky rocky songs now most of them are kind of like mellow poppy sort of style melodies you know yeah and they and they do it well they do it well but it it, and that's not i'm not i don't want to say that that's a cop out of 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 their writing skills or anything like that because there is an at like one of the favorite things i have about music is when people take an idea that's definitely in the zeitgeist of people we know it and then they do it a little bit differently where it sounds so familiar, yet it's beautifully unique, yet also in the pocket, if you know what I mean, where it feels like someone should have done this years ago. How has no one done this? That That's the beauty of good writing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah, I enjoy that. 
Um, another one I actually wanted to bring up, though, man, was because you were talking about Triple J before, mm-hmm. and a song that I heard a lot on Triple J this year was the song Just by Run the Jewels. Okay. You, you, I don't know, man. Well, if you listen to Triple J, you probably would have heard it. It's the song where it's... um. The hook is like, look at all these slave masters posing. Oh, yeah, with Zach Della Rocha. Yeah, man. Oh, man, I fucking heard that when it came out, and I was disgusted. You were disgusted? (laughs) I fucking, I, 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 to be honest, man, I've tapped out of Rage Against Machine because of their socialist propaganda. I, I oh, fucking man. just like like how much money did they pay Zach Delarocha just to go look at all these slave masters? That's like all he, anything he does one literally spits one verse and it's oh, I don't know man. But you you enjoyed that? Well, I enjoyed the album as a whole, and I do have to put that down as my hip hop album of the year. Not that there were many. Okay, so it's pretty easy for that to win. Uh, my hip hop album of the year, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, just, I can see that. I haven't listened to anything else from the album because I heard that song a bunch, and it's just I don't know. It's wheeled out Paul and Zach Delarocha for that. I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, didn't like that I track. Mean, it's kind of like it's a bit political with the lyrics and stuff, but it is. It very much suits the year in terms of like. All the other shit that went down in terms of like Black Lives Matter and, and you know, the old cops are bastards bullshit. Like uh, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess. They're pro Black Lives Matter? Yeah, well, they're pretty left leaning. Of course um, they are. Yeah, but he's, he's like Big, Big Mike or whatever his name is. I don't know. He's. Um, He's, Wait, a, he's actually it, pretty awesome. Big Mike? It's not Killer Mike, is it? Killer Mike, yeah. Oh, fucking Killer Mike's a, a pro. A pro. Yeah, he's he's fucking epic, dude. So, like, I don't know. I just think he's, like, a realist more so than a lefty. Yeah, I understand. Like, I understand. Like, I, I do understand that, uh, that that whole culture is sort of um need, needs a voice and needs all these uh, sort of... Uh, it's hard to really say what I'm talking about here or what I'm thinking, but um, I, I understand it. I understand that obviously just by nature, musicians seem to, to lean left and artists seem to lean left quite a bit. And so I completely get it. I completely get it. Yeah, man. The, the, the track in general has some fucking bangers on it, dude. The album? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the album, sorry. I will check it out. Um, I'll check it out. I, I was put off because of that single. But by the way, I'm put off by most singles singles from an album. Like, whatever makes it super, like, poppy and, like, radio play from any album. I'm normally sort of put off by that. But then the rest yeah. of the album well, is, is the bangers for me. So the, the B-sides or the, the, the things that are unnoticed, they're normally the best songs on the album, in my opinion. So I yeah, will check yeah, that one out, that. man. I will check that one out for sure. And I'm fucking upset that I haven't already. Yeah, it's called RTJ4. Weird name from Alvin. RTJ4, I'm writing that down, man. RTJ4. Yeah, I don't know what it actually stands for, but it's a good album, man. And I would say probably the, the hip-hop album of the year. All right, all right. A lot, a lot of people would say fucking Eminem's album would be the hip, hip-hop album of the year. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Eminem's kind of uh, yeah, yeah. He's been in the past now, mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But 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 his newest his newest little drop um a couple of weeks ago was uh, you, you know me how I like a little bit of a chilled out rap vibe a bit. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. And and so it had those elements in it, um a, a more relaxed sort of I hate to say it Drakey sort of vibe to it. So I dug it. It's a bit more easy listening. Yeah, I get yeah. Yeah, I mean, because there's a couple of things I like about hip hop. One, the flow of the person. So if you can flow fucking well, um, and it's got wicked vocal rhythms to it that are just groovy as shit, and they hang off the beat, and they do all these really really cool things. That's why Danny Brown is a master, and he's probably my favorite rapper of all time. Yeah, me too. Just, <laughs> just, just because, because of his flow, and and it's not so much about what he talks about. I don't really care because it sometimes it's pretty fucking brutal. Sometimes it's things I, I don't really care for. I don't agree with. It doesn't really matter. His flow is just so fucking fly that I, I can just be yeah. taken through the whole album, right? But then I also like the chilled out vibes. And, and and like I say, I like Drake, man. That that Scorpion album that he bought out a few years ago, I fucking had that on repeat for weeks, man. And I know I'm going to get yeah. a bit of hate for that, but fucking that album. I like that too, but then it came out, he's a pedo, and it was kind of just like, yeah, we had to sort of... Who isn't a pedo uh, in the music industry, man? It. Come on, they're all pedos. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's actually weird you brought up Johnny Brown because that's how I discovered Run the Jewels. All right. Because with Johnny Brown's album. Dude, that's what RTJ stands for. Run the Jewels for. Yeah, I just... just you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just sitting here trying to think of something what RTJ could stand for. Then you just said, oh, Brother Jewel's like, ah, oh, that's obviously what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm guessing it's their fourth album. Yeah, I'd say you're uh, on the money with that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when Danny, see, Danny Brown, um, he put out an album like right towards the end of last year. Yeah. And his album actually topped my Spotify most listened to for this year because he put it out at the end of last year. And I was a huge fan of that. I, w- I would still say that's a musical highlight from this year then because most of its playtime happened this year. Yeah. For you at least. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and his song off that album, you know what I'm saying, uh, the song Three Tears featured Run the Jewels. All and right. it's probably the coolest song on the whole album. I, I enjoyed that album as well. I didn't listen to it as, nearly as much as you did. Um, yeah, I smashed it. Uh, but I will. And I know, it, like, to me, Danny Brown's more of a summertime thing. So I didn't really get into the album till after summer. And so over this summer, man, fucking, I'm going to be hanging around the pool listening to Danny Brown. No doubt. Make no mistake, <laughs> oh, Danny good. Brown will be on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying is actually one of my top hip-hop albums of all time now. Like, I love it. I can listen to it from start to finish. Fuck yeah. But, um, but yeah, the song Three Tears, like, each of the verses is written by, because there's just two guys in Run the Jewels, and they have, like, a verse each as well as Danny. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking lit, man. Like, each of their verses are so different, but, like, they just hit hard as fuck, man. Wicked, wicked. And, um... um how do you compare it to Triple um, X, the Danny Brown album from Days Gone By, which I this is uh, that's how I discovered Danny Brown and what I fell in love with. Yeah, yeah, Triple X. Triple X is probably still my fave, but okay. I, they have a, such a totally different vibe, though, man. 
Yeah. Like, Triple X is kind of like young, like badass, still kind of gangster rap ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, has that gangster rap, like badass, not give a fuck vibe. Whereas, like, you know what I'm saying is more polished hip hop. It okay. always feels like the difference between rap and hip hop. You know, those two albums, even though they're technically the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean, but that 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 distinction needs fleshing out a little bit. Uh, but um. Might take well, some thought, I, you know. I don't know. When I say hip hop, it kind of feels like there's more production into it. There's more focus on the music and the okay. groove with the okay. beats. Yeah. Whereas rap is more just pure lyrical, yeah. hard hitting verses. Just dropping yeah. bars. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I can separate them. So, so rap is literally the the vocal component to hip hop, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, not talking technically here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, fucking, I've, I've, I've never looked into the definitions. I don't fucking know. I just call them what what the hell I think. Yeah, well, I think technically they're pretty much just the same thing. But I haven't looked it up either. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah, and and you know, um, I gained a hell of a lot more respect for Danny Brown. Like I had heard rumors about Danny Brown being just so fucking outrageous on stage and stuff like that, and then um, hearing him on the church of what's happening now. Shout out Joey Diaz. Um, made me fucking respect the shit out of him a hell of a lot more. Like oh, this guy's just shit. a fucking dude, man. He's one of the funniest and best guests that Joey Diaz ever had on that podcast, man. Yeah, Danny Brown's laugh, like holy shit, and he's just throwing out all these jokes. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. As soon as he goes into that high pitched squeal, it's just like I know that squeal because he, he does it in his <laughs> rap sometimes, but I didn't know that's his actual laugh. Yeah, dude, it's fucking gold. I love it. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, I don't know if we want to get into to podcasts and stuff like that because we know we both have a lot to say about podcasts over the last year. Things have gone oh, up, absolutely. things have gone down. Um, as far as I'm concerned with podcasts, uh, 2020 was the year of Tim Dillon. Yes. And he 100%. would fucking agree. I watched his last episode just before this, and um, he knows that this year was the year that put him on the fucking map, and I was there from day one, and congratulations to him, like, because he's fucking earned it. 100%, man. Yeah, he's hitting it out of the ballpark at the moment. So, so if, like, let, let's not get into to bagging on fucking um, what the hell happened to Chris D'Elia or how shit fucking King of the Sting has become or how bad Schultz's new special was. Let's just talk about... Let's just let's just talk about what 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 are great podcasts now. So what what's the up and coming? So if 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 you're listening to to this podcast or you're interested in um, let's face it, none of us really listen to any other music podcasts uh, because they're trash. And um, <laughs> this one included, by the way. Come on. <laughs> uh, but uh, nah, say, this is fucking gold, right here, man. Um, but, but as far as, uh, like podcasts are for comedy, right? If you're a podcast listener, that's just trying to listen to fucking murder mysteries or some bullshit. We're not fucking talking to you. Go back to your murder mysteries. Nonsense. No one, no, no one cares that it, that you might as well just read a novel. You slack cunt. Um, <laughs> but as far as like comedy podcasts go, um, what's changed this year? What, what, what's your, what's your, your top three tips for comedy podcasts in uh, 2021 going forward? What would you be listening to? Um, well, my personal favorites, my new ones, I've actually changed a lot recently because I want. It's been a turbulent time, yeah. 
Yeah, so flagrant kind of was my go-to, but I've kind of tapped out with that, uh, especially after the new special from Schultz. But mm. I won't get into negative criticism at the moment. So I don't know. My, my the Bad Friends is probably the most that I look forward to. Bad I Friends with Bobby Lee and Andrew. Um, Andrew Santino. Santino, yeah. yeah. I was about to call him Santorini. <laughs> Santino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the redhead and the Asian, um, yeah, really so good podcast, really, hilarious. really good. That's, that is always hilarious. Um, yep, hundred percent, man. I, I agree with you there. Uh, History hyenas is a new one that's made it onto the map. Yanis Papas and old Chrissy Chaos. Oh, Chrissy D. Yeah. Yep. Fuck yeah. So if you're listening to um, comedy podcasts out there. Check out History Hyenas. There's a little bit of information, but a lot of bullshit. And that bullshit is fun. Yeah, uh, 100%. Chrissy D is kind of the new, like, flagrant podcaster. Because he's actually no, flagrant. He's, flagrant. he's actually he's flagrant. flagrant yeah. Yeah. I mean, flagrant censor themselves, even on the Patreon episodes. So. That, that's Let's disgusting, man. That's disgusting. It's the opposite of flagrancy. So. Yeah. And uh, let, let's face it, um, that whole thing is sort of now relegated to 16-year-old kids that want to feel a little bit rebellious. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, the thing uh, is they're, they're learning some social commentary from this fucking contrived shit. But anyway, um, definitely History Islanders, definitely Tim Dillon, definitely Bad Friends. I would also, just because it's starting to come up and it's starting to be really, really cool, is fucking Hey Babe, still Chrissy D, but also with yeah, fucking... Um, with Sal, Sal, um, Volcano, Volcano, how do you say his surname, man? What do you think? Volcano. 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 Yeah. Shit, come on. <laughs> Volcano. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Volcano's way cooler than Volcano. Yeah, you should totally run with Volcano. Yeah, no, yeah, Sal hey Volcano, babe, that's a sick to... name. <laughs> hey, babe, that last episode where Chrissy D was telling the stories about his, like, about the various dogs and stuff that is accidentally... Oh, the one they were trying, trying to put down and accidentally gave electrolytes? Oh, my God, that was fucking... <laughs> oh, fuck, oh, that was classic, hilarious. classic. Yeah, so if we can if we can leave this little conversation on anything, um, it's let's try and summarize it a little bit. Great albums for 2020. We're talking about Pussifer. We're talking about Deftones. And we're talking about um, Run, Run the, the Jewel. Run the Jewel. Jewels. Uh, Jewels. Okay, Run the Jewels. Um, greatest live shows of the year, as far as Australia was concerned, was a hundred percent tool. Tool, they, yeah. they they start yeah. and you know, um, with a special mention for Pussifer's live. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that, that wasn't really live. That's a live stream. I don't know if it really counts or whatever. So I'm not going to throw that in there. Um, condolences to to Maynard from Tool for getting fucking because he got he got coronavirus while he was here in Australia. And then got tested positive by the time he made it to New Zealand and then was kind of pretty fucked up by the time he got back home. So uh, apologies uh, for Australia's lack of masks. Because literally to this day, I've never worn a mask before. I don't own one. I've never had one, never been forced to. Like, it's never been a thing here in Perth. I know it has over in Melbourne, but Perth is like probably the only city in the whole world that masks have never been a thing. You're lucky, man. So I had to put up with it. Or still kind of am whenever I go into the, go to the shops. But you, you have to put on a mask going to the shops. It's the fucking worst. Yeah, I still do. What what happens if you don't? 
security will kick you out. Holy shit. Yeah. There's security guards at the, the entrance and near the cashiers and stuff. And if they see you without a mask, yeah, they'll kick you out. That's funny because um, for the listener at home, Curtis lives in an apartment block uh, and the bottom floor of his apartment block is a grocery store. So they're literally kicking you out yeah. of your own building. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I can get out of this shop and onto that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of annoying because yeah, I have to wear a mask when I get to the bottom of the elevator and it's kind of a shopping center. So. All right. So yeah, so summarize, but, they're, the, they're the best. That's the best music that, that's happened for us at least. Um, People out there will have their own fucking opinions on that. And uh, let us know um, in any way you can. Um, and uh, podcasts, they've definitely changed people's lives. Everyone's got a lot more time to be listening to podcasts. Uh, I would say listen to Tim Dillon, listen to Bad Friends, uh, listen to Hey Babe, um, listen to this I'll also podcast. I'll one more pod. Yeah, go this on. This is important. This is important is what it's called. Oh, this it's is important. We're the dudes from Workaholics. Yeah. It's always from Workaholics, yeah. There's, it's only been gone for a couple of months now, but it's actually fucking hilarious. It's, if you're a fan of those guys, then you'll definitely love the podcast because it's just all four of them, including Kyle, who's not in the show that much, but he still is. He plays their dealer. But he's, he's actually pretty crucial to have in the pod. So all four of them, yeah, they make yeah. for a fucking I would also awesome throw another one, and I know it's been going for a little while, but I, I've just discovered it fairly recently through um, a brother. Um, the Stone Cold podcast. Pretty fucking funny. Yeah, okay. Have, yeah. You, have you checked it out at all? It's just cool. Uh, like, I to a little any bit. kid, I mean, any kid our age or dude our age that was a kid in the nineties, um, definitely was in love with with Stone Cold and 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 loved the whole wrestling sort of thing. Let's face it, if you grew up in the nineties as a boy and you didn't like wrestling, you're fucking gay. Um. <laughs> But, 100%. Everyone loved wrestling in the 90s. Yeah, no shit. And so Stone Cold's podcast is fucking hilarious. He's had Burr on. He's had some great guests. And um, he's just a genuine... He's exactly what the hell you expect Stone Cold to be. Um, and just knowing that makes it so much cooler. That was never a character he played. He was literally himself. <laughs> yeah, and it's really good. That's a really, really fun podcast as well. Um, but yeah, man. I'll... Um, I'll call you back in a bit and we'll just chat more about our own bullshit, but thanks for being on the podcast, dude. Yeah, easy, mate. Thanks for having me. All right. Turtle O, man. Um, I'm going to just press pause on this recording, but I'm not going to hang up. We'll just keep on chatting. But uh, yeah, thanks for being on. Oh, good, mate. Cheers. See ya. All right. Oh, that was something. And then uh, let's move on to the next little part here. I still got some music to show you guys. I said I would, and I, I did actually say that I would show you guys a bit of a recording that I was doing over the week. Um, as you might have heard, favorite album from the year was uh, Existential Reckoning uh, by Pussifer. Um, and it wasn't so much the whole album because uh, some of it's uh, pretty boring. Um, but there were some highlight moments in that album, and uh, I did try to record a bit of a cover song of one of the tracks from the album. Um, What's the name of the song? Fucking uh, Bullet Train to Iowa. Great, great track, guys. It's all in 3-4 timing. Um, but it's got some really staggered, cool, syncopated uh, vocal rhythms through it. Um, a pretty difficult song. And so I got my friend John to try and try and record it with me. Um, it fucking sucks. 
um, the recording that we came up with. It doesn't seem to be a good song that translates well into acoustic, uh, just because of that driving rhythm throughout the whole song. So uh, I might try and polish it up and put it up next episode. But uh, instead of that, I've got a track for you. Um, this is a track that came from a uh, one of the old jams, and it's um, probably one of the better old jams out there. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you won't be able to listen to any of this shit um, because they kicked us off. Um, so I had to do the whole new feed and stuff with the new episodes uh, just to try and get under their algorithmic sort of radar or whatever. Um, but if you're on iTunes or um, Podbean or um, Podcast Addict or anything like that, uh, you would be able to find the old episodes. This episode that I'm talking about is from 2017, about mid-2017, I think, so a fucking while ago. Um, it's an episode called uh, Merry Melodies Part 1. And uh, I got to say, like, I, was, I had to listen to a, a whole bunch of these jams again just to try and find where this riff came from that um, ended up in one of the, the little sketchy songs that uh, Liam and I recorded. Uh, but it's a really good jam. I got to say, if you listen to the, the entire episode, there's some really fucking cool moments in there, some things that I really want to resurrect that like it starts off with a jam in in five four and somewhere through it there's like a a, a whole nine four jam in there it's it's like just musically interesting but not sounding contrived really really cool ideas in there um, but this uh, part that I'm talking about appears right at the end of the episode about the thirty seven and a half minute mark so if you sort of just track back from the end of the episode you'll be able to hear where this main riff and because we're uh, Curtis and I have talked about Chugaboom and stuff like that with big breakdown sort of riffs. I was like, well, I think we recorded a song that had a bit of a breakdown in it. And this one uh, definitely has that. It's a fucking huge breakdown. Pretty cool things. It just appeared randomly in the middle of a jam. So I had no idea where it came from. But um, from the ether, like most songs, or at least most good songs, really. Um, so check it out. Check like If you want to check out the entire thing in its, um, in its full context... Go ahead and listen to that whole episode. I'm going to chuck up a little part now that just sort of has the the moment captured in it and how we got there or whatever. And then um, afterwards, I'll show you the actual song that we uh, tried to create out of it. Whether it's good or not, that's up to you to decide. And, and as always, um, let us know what you think. If you want to contribute to it at all, you know how to hit me up. Um, if not, I'll talk to you on the other side of this little jam. And I'll give you all the details. All right, enjoy.
Yeah, so that was a little jam. Like I said, the the rest of the the episode there beforehand um, has what I would consider way cooler ideas and stuff. I don't really know why we chose that, but I think it was because of that big riff. And so that's the star of the show, this big breakdowny sort of riff, kind of chirping or whatever. And, and keep in mind, guys, like um, all those old jams are literally just me and Liam just jamming off the top of our dome. It's me on guitar with a uh, with a loop pedal, and um, and Liam on drums. And uh, we, you know, there's only so much we could do with that. So we're trying to fill up a huge soundscape with just two people. Um, more difficult than it seems. Uh, but also a lot of fun. And uh, so if uh, the song that's about to come up is going to be sort of featuring one of those main riffs and uh, come with it, um, maybe a couple of the evolutions, not all of them that were in there, but a couple of them. And uh, hopefully it worked out well. And if you like it at all, remember that you can contribute to this podcast. If you just email me, scott at thejamroom.com.au, I will send you this track I, I can send you. The, uh, I can't send you the stems; they all got lost. But I, I can send you at least an MP3 of just a track, so you don't have to chop it out of this this episode, which you're more than welcome to if you wanted to. Um, and you can record some vocals over it, some cool guitar lines, whatever it is that you want to. If you want to contribute, um, I will show it on the podcast. If you record something cool and send it back to me, I certainly will. But anyway. Here is a little song that we came up with. I hope you guys all have a fantastic new year. I won't get a chance to talk to you guys until the new year, 2020. Maybe that recording that I tried to do this week might appear. Who knows? Something will happen. But either way, have a fantastic new year. And I'll talk to you guys next time on the Jam Room Podcast. Here's a little track. Take care of yourselves. (laughs) 